Welcome to the Reflections on Parkinson's Disease podcast. In this podcast, we hope to demystify Parkinson's disease, looking at everything from the basics to the cutting edge. Whether you are a healthcare professional, sufferer, carer, or family member looking to learn more, leading experts Professor Baz Bloom and Professor Werner Poover will help uncomplicate the subject. Orwin presents Reflections on Parkinson's Disease podcast. Welcome everybody at the uh, podcast series uh, that I'm doing with uh, my good friend and colleague Professor Werner Poover, uh, former head of the department in Innsbruck and still a very active clinician and scientist. My name is Bas Bloom. I'm a professor of neurology in Nijmegen at the Radboud University Medical Center in the Netherlands. Uh, Professor Poever and I have now built up a long history of doing these podcasts together. We enjoy it ourselves. We hope that you are also enjoying it. And we've embarked upon a new enterprise, which is following the letters of the alphabet. And uh, we've done the letter C in another episode. And today uh, we're touching upon uh, the letter E. And one particular element that we're interested in, Werner, is early PD. And uh, there's a lot to do about early Parkinson's, isn't it? There is, there is. And as we move into the E, I'd like to um, take the opportunity also um, thank Bial for you know, supporting this idea of, of, of doing an, an, an ABC of Parkinson's disease. And the E, well, there's a lot about the E. One, one thing, one theme of E in Parkinson's that is so important is, is the early, the early PD. And I think that's important from a treatment perspective. I believe one should be early in treatment and we'll maybe come back to that briefly. And there is this element of diagnosis and that should be early. And traditionally we say, well, early Parkinson's disease is when patients come to first see their doctors because they may have noticed for, I don't know, six months, maybe even slightly longer, an intermittent trembling of a hand, or they may have noticed some stiffness or gait changes even. And then we examine them and we find the core symptoms of akinesia, bradykinesia, rigidity being present in an asymmetric fashion, maybe classical rest tremor, maybe only intermittent, maybe only a few episodes during the consultation. And then we say, this is now early PD. Um, And that's, of course, correct. But that's not really very early in relation to when the disease process in the nervous system starts and we've learned over recent years that this process of neuronal dysfunction of protein misfolding of alpha-synuclein the formation of aggregates their deposition in uh, axons and in the cytoplasm of nerve cells that that may be going on for a long time before patients present to us so really the early has uh, this this challenge that we need to be better at, at getting things early. But I do know, Bas, and I'd like to throw the ball at you, I do know, and I've, I, I, say, I must say, I've, I frequently cite that on a slide. You, you authored a survey, a European survey, many years ago with, I think it was the EPDA, on um, different aspects of care in Parkinson's in Europe, and there are figures in that paper on how long it takes 
on average, before a diagnosis is being made from start of symptoms. Would you like to comment on that? No, absolutely. It, it depended a little bit on in which country you were living, but this delay is at least several years in, in, in the best cases and, and sometimes even longer in other cases. It may span up to 10 years or sometimes even longer. And patients feel that something's wrong. They may see uh, uh, a gastroenterologist for constipation. They may go to a sleep specialist because they're acting out their dreams. And it's only several years later when all the pieces of the puzzle come together. We know that the delay is particularly long in people with young onset Parkinson's. Make no mistake, Parkinson's is an age-related disease, but a significant proportion, one third, is under the age of 65. We have several hundreds of patients under the age of 40 in my center alone. Um, so, and the delay is particularly long. It leads to anxiety. And I think, Werner, we're seeing a general push towards earlier treatment whether this be pharmacotherapy or non-pharmacological interventions. But yep. waiting with treatment just for the sake of waiting is old school thinking. You need to treat Parkinson's early. And that's why patients come and see us. They, they don't come because they're fine and there's no problem and everything is perfect. They come to see us because there's a problem and they want to be helped and give, conveying the diagnosis is an important first step in that help. And it's so critical how we do that and that we do that with sufficient uh, tact and subtleness and time. Uh, but then we, we should give proper advice on how to treat. And there's one thing which, since we're talking about the E here in early, there is an E um, when it comes to treatment that I think um, you are a pioneer in terms of stressing is this and making us aware of it, and that is the exercise bit. Uh, that's something I think that's very important to discuss, even at the first visit when discussing, you know, lifestyle and what could be done about this. Yeah, so, so when we speak these three words, you've got Parkinson's, that is a deleterious message for patients, but they soon want to hear from us, what can I do myself to make things a bit better? And definitely exercise is one of the key recommendations that I make to every patient, in particular in early stages, but also in later stages, of course. What people may expect is that regular exercise helps to suppress motor symptoms, our latest work suggests it improves non-motor symptoms as well. Cognition, there's a paper in the Movement Disorders Journal that it improves sleep. And our very latest findings, a paper we published earlier this year in the Annals of Neurology, shows that regular aerobic exercise three times a week for 30 to 45 minutes um, leads to adaptive cerebral plasticity, new functional connectivity between the diseased basal ganglia and the cortex. Now that's not equivalent to disease modification or neuroprotection, if you will, but it is definitely encouraging use, which converges with experimental work in rodents that perhaps, perhaps exercise could be one of the first interventions in the world that may help to slow down the progression of Parkinson's. And definitely the people in my clinic who do best are the ones that exercise regularly. And that would fit with data that suggests that um, the amount of physical activity in life is, is a factor in determining Parkinson's risk. So a negative correlation in terms of the more you do, the lower is your risk. Absolutely. And just one other quick thing on exercise before we move on to our third topic is 
there are two elements of exercise uh, that are important. I mentioned the aerobic component, uh, increasing your heart rate or panting a little bit, shortness of breath, then it's the right dose. But the volume of exercise, according to recent papers, is also important. So simply walking 10 kilometers instead of 5 kilometers or taking 3,000 steps instead of 1,000 steps is already helpful in um, attaining these effects of, of exercise. Um, but now, before we close, I, I'd like to touch upon a third topic, um, which is more a feature of a later stage of Parkinson's. And that is a phenomenon that's quite debilitating for many patients. It's this phenomenon where people wake up in the early morning, typically around 4 a.m. or so, with a painfully inward twisted foot, which we call an early morning off period. Can you tell the listeners, Werner, what this is and in particular what they can do about it? Yeah, that's it. As you say, that's really a very nasty um, symptom. Early morning off periods are common uh, in patients who have received treatment, who are now stable, for example, for years, have been on, on levodopa and dopaminergic drugs. And then they begin, these patients begin to experience the fall in blood levels of their levodopa during the nighttime hours and very early in the morning, uh, they run into this deficit of, of cerebral dopamine and that manifests itself as recurring Parkinsonism on one hand. They stiff, difficulty turning in bed, tremor may come back, they may have problems going to the toilet or the bathroom. Uh, but as you say, about a third of these poor patients also have what we call early morning foot dystonia, a painful cramping of the calf muscles, inversion of the foot at the ankle, curling under of the toes, intensely painful, waking them up. Uh, that's another bad facet of what this complex of early morning off. And, and that is, of course, a signal that something needs to be done about the continuity of drug supplies, of drug delivery, of dopaminergic replacement through the 24-hour cycles, in particular the early morning hours. And uh, that would fill in a, a separate podcast if we went through all the options, but it's clearly a, a common problem. And not to forget, as you were mentioning, the uh, effects of, of exercise, aerobic exercise, for example, also on non-motor symptoms. Yeah. These early morning off periods contain a lot of non-motor problems on top of the motor issues uh, and this includes apathy or feeling of anxiety or feeling depressed or even urinary urgency that's all been reported as being part of the spectrum of early morning off so this is something to ask for and then to target with treatment yeah so sometimes people inadvertently think that parkinson's takes a break during the night they only treat patients during the day but you need to treat the night with dopaminergic therapy as much as you need to treat it during the day and the early morning dystonia is a sort of a canary in the mine because people are then generally undertreated throughout the night as well with difficulty turning in bed sleep fragmentation so please people when you listen to this podcast treat the night as much as you treat the day and as you point out Werner we may need a separate um, a podcast on the strategies uh, for now I want to thank the listeners um, for tuning in. Uh, there will be more letters of the alphabet coming soon. I want to thank Bial again for making this new alphabet series possible. And again, Werner, uh, I look forward to seeing you soon again and to, to dis discuss any next letter of the alphabet. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Baz. 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and look forward to seeing you next time. Don't forget to stay up to date with all the latest discussions and help spread awareness. Follow and subscribe. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform and oroin.com.